how do you win the deal? How do you buy the company? How do you win the LOI process? That's what we're going to talk about today in this episode. We're going to dive into how sellers actually think and what business sellers are looking for in a buyer. All right, what do the business sellers really care about in a transaction when they're talking to buyers? And so I'm going to be talking to M&A buyers, independent sponsors, and search funders. Um, this isn't necessarily just fully our material. We definitely took online resources and credit from A.J. Wasserstein from Yale, a great search fund entrepreneur and investor. And so we're going to be linking to that in the show notes, but let's get into it today. All right. As you know, you know, in the search fund, not only did you have to go through the raising the capital or you have that going on if you're an independent sponsor, identifying a high quality asset or business is super important. And the problem, though, is that any good business for sale is going to have many buyers. All right. Especially in the larger scale, you know, that's what investment banks do. They have these auction, silent auction processes for their businesses. They get bids, they get inquiries of interest, and they kind of run that. So as a search funder, or you're, if you're buying a business that isn't being represented by a search, I mean, by an uh, investment bank, you might not have to deal with this private kind of instance of an inquiry of interest. But in general, until you sign that LOI, and you're whining and dining the seller, you have to understand the seller's background, mindset, and priorities if you want to win the deal. All right, there's not much out there on this, and so that's what I wanna talk about in this episode, is explore more about what business sellers actually care about when selling their business. And so it'll help you understand the seller's goals and priorities, and we've represented many and have a lot of experience with business sellers, and you know, on even if you are if you're not a buyer and you're a business seller this will still be important because you can kind of then understand what are the natural occurrences that might occur and what considerations you should have as a business seller too so there's a few different priorities of business sellers right there's a fair valuation of course right but sometimes sellers don't always go for the highest bidder Right. Because they ha that's their baby. That's their future. They have something there. And that might be something that they want to be able to see it go on. And so, you know, a lot of the times independent sponsors, search funders, you guys might be MBA grads. You guys might be have only run in big corporations and you might have not run into a small business framework. And so that's what I want to talk about, right? Some people do have that background and experience and you worked in your, you know, family business or you worked in a small company in a startup. And so you might have gotten more of an insight into the psychology of a seller, but we're going to kind of flesh that out a little bit now uh, further, because again, as I mentioned, the valuation is not the only part of it, right? The, the, the sellers will have different motivations for what will happen to the business after the transaction. And they want to be able to trust you. They want to be able to have that comfort. And so those are some of the things that we're going to talk more about. So, you know, because <clears throat> when you're buying an individual deal, right, it, it, it's basically a nano private equity transaction. And so, like I mentioned, a lot of typical search funders might not, ha you know, they come from professional transaction backgrounds, right? Um, private equity, venture capital, management, management consulting, investment banking. And so, you know, that's very different from the mindset of an actual, you know, built it from the ground or up, you know, business owner or CEO or startup founder and, and, and what's going on there, right? So, 
once you understand kind of once you have a seller, once you have a potential business, you know, you have to understand that as a CEO, as the seller, contemplating the sale of a business is an enormous life decision, right? It, it, it's very emotional. It's very personal. These people, you know, especially if the CEO founded the business, they might consider it to be their life's work. Um, you know, they may, might have run the business for 10, 20 plus years, and they probably have a special uh, connection with their employees, their customers, their vendors. It, they might have their identity wrapped up in the business, right? So especially, <clears throat> sorry, especially if they're a first-time seller, there's a, a great deal of uncertainty around the entire process. And so managing the psychology of that seller is definitely important. And, and, and trying to gauge, right? You need them to know or you need to figure out what their exit plan is and what they're looking to do after the business sells because if they don't have a concrete plan, Right. A lot of times what we actually see is that sellers will back out of the process. Right. So never get complacent or comfortable with a deal until the money is actually wired and the contracts are signed. And actually, forget the contract signed until the money is wired. Right. Um, you know, your, your seller can back at any time. And, and there's even been instances, very rare, but even after the money is wired, the seller is trying to back out. Right. So you never really know. But the whole goal is that you need to manage the psychology and, you know, some tips that we give are, uh, you know, you want to make sure that the seller can start envisioning a future, right? So in the conversation that you're having with them around the negotiation, around the purchase price, right? You're, you you want to ask them like, hey, like with, with this money, like what are you going to do for your spouse? What are you going to do for your family? You know, that gets them more emotional and that lets them understand what the actual money is going to do for them. And we see that as like, it's almost like an inception of like a small seed idea in their mind that, hey, you know, because a lot of times personally, right, that entrepreneur, that CEO that's been so successful that they have a business that you want to buy and that you want to, you know, spend a bunch of time and money, you know, six figures, seven figures, eight figures, $10 million plus or whatever of your funds to buy their business, their identity is wrapped up in the business. That This is what their life is. This is all they know. This is what they wake up every day thinking about. This is what they go to sleep thinking about. And so some, you know, it, it, they might not be, mo they, and, and especially if the business is already making a profit, right? A lot of the times they're already living a comfortable life, right? Most search funders and, and uh, you know, independent sponsors or M&A entrepreneurs, they're looking to buy a profitable business. And so if you're talking to a company that has had a lot of profit, why would the seller sell? Right. And so that's why you want to kind of put that of like, hey, what can you do for your spouse? What can you do for your family now with this money? And when so, you know that again, nothing is going to um, guarantee success and guarantee that they'll stick to the sales process. And so many times sellers back out and there's really not much you can do is because you need to, you know, um, you need to just work with them and, and hope that it goes through. But that's a seed that you can plant from a psychology standpoint to win some deals and to make sure that the sellers don't back out, right? Um, and so, you know, there's obviously the valuation. So there's, you know, we've done episodes on valuation. You need to kind of understand and, 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 and know either what their number is or how they value the business, right? Obviously, if they were to give you a valuation, that would be the best. But, you know, there's always a chance that sellers would turn down offers with higher valuations because they like the buyer better because you've given them a different thing to think about and you've also decreased the risk for them, right? So if you think about it, 
there's depending on how you structure the deal will also impact the desire for the seller to want to sell um, because sellers are wanting to transition out of the business. They probably want to use the proceeds towards retirement. And so it's important for them to receive a majority of the cash um, with minimal like, you know, deal structures might have an earn out where you have like a per performance based contingent consideration. And, um, you know, your investors as a searcher or whatever might be pushing for you to structure a deal that way. But, you know, obviously the seller, you have to remember, is going to prefer minimal contingent considerations. Um, and so they will not necessarily go with that deal, even if you think that your valuation for the buyer is higher. Like we have a scenario with one of the companies for sale that we're working with. Um, they have had a situation where they have gotten an offer that's a very high valuation, but the upfront cash is less than they want or wanted. And they actually went instead with a search funder that had more cash upfront in the deal. And so, yes, you're going to have a seller note. Um, and again, that might also hurt the, 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 the ability for the seller to want to close. So you really want to have those conversations and you really have to, you know, it, it's very important to get these questions on the table and not move forward with an offer or an LOI. Um, you know, what we say essentially to our clients is that basically they should have already given you a verbal yes on your offer. You might have not explicitly said what number they're willing to buy, but you should have been able to impute that out of them, meaning talking to them about what their number is, you know, what they think their business is worth, how much they think they can sell it for to other people, any offers they've gotten in the past. You should be like the, the, the by the time you actually send over the LOI or the actual written offer, you should have probably already had, you should know that it's probably going to be signed. Now, you know, I know anybody who's, who's run this process and is in private equity is probably calling me an idiot right now. I know that's not necessarily always the case and always possible, especially if you're running volume. But if you're in a search fund situation where you're just looking for that one deal, I mean, honestly, you should have those levels of conversations. And that might not be able to be done. You know, again, I've seen instances where they're trying to just have one or two calls with the seller and then they put in the offer. And it's just like... That's very difficult for the seller to get excited about you, um, especially if they haven't met you face-to-face uh, -face in person. Um, and so it's good that in the search fund world, the buyers are taught to you know, have that face-to-face -face interaction and in that whole HBR guide to business, you know, to how to buy a small business or whatever. Um, that, that's a really good guidebook on it. But the most important part is that the buyer, the seller views the buyer as a worthy steward of the business, right? Sellers in these transactions commonly view their business like a child, like their baby. And the passing their child on to a new parent takes significant vetting. And so, you know, sellers will want to learn a wide variety of things about you, about your character, your personal background, your professional background. They want to understand your upbringing, your family life, your motivations. And, you know, they have to have like they need to be able to like you. Right. Because they're probably going to have to work with you, especially if you're going to be structuring a deal where you're going to have uh, them roll over some equity. Right. Or have seller financing. Um, they you need to pass their sniff test. So you have to come off likable. You have to have a realistic approach. And that comes from the first interaction with them. Right. You have to be diplomatic and charismatic and 
run that the whole way through because the seller will not will will choose the buyer that they trust more usually every time um, they want a transparent acquisition process right especially a lot of times business owners if you've experienced this if you've reached out or in general just if you think about population statistics as a whole uh, a lot of sellers are probably selling their business for the first time and so they want to know exactly what to expect in the process including like a clear realistic transaction timeline due diligence list and hey don't hit them like this is another caveat that i just want to kind of let this kind of be told sellers are usually not telling their entire team about the fact that they're selling right it's usually kept secret it's usually only the top owners that know it even if the employees have equity they might not be brought into the decision until way later on and so you have to remember that the ceo or the owner and the seller is not only you know talking to you and vetting your deal and vetting a lot of other offers as well when they're going to sell their business but they're also still having to run the business because you don't want them to keep their eye off the ball and and, and you know mess anything up or drop in in revenue drop in sales um and so a lot of times they're keeping it secret they're having to do a lot of the work themselves which they usually would delegate and that's why they've built a successful company. And so, you know, just one caveat, just don't ever send them like a massive due diligence list off the bat. I don't know why buyers do this. It's very unprofessional. Um, you know, again, if you've come from a professional services background, it might not be a big deal to you to send like, you know, a five tab Excel with, you know, a hundred, like 50 lines of different requests, but that's going to be super overwhelming to a seller. And so the way we do it is that we, you know, we start off with a couple of requests basically almost every day or every other day. And maybe one time we email it, another time we do it on a phone call, another time we do it on a Zoom, right? You start off with, hey, can you, send, can you give me access to the QuickBooks or send me over the P&L and the balance sheet, right? Then next day, hey, can you send me over the general ledger, right? Hey, next day, can you send me over the payroll register? And sometimes sellers might be, hey, I want it to be organized, just give me the list, right? But... You talk to them. Again, have this conversation, have this communication, understand the type of seller and the type of person they are. Because if you send them like a 20-point bullet list, yes, sellers will work through it. But again, it's just more frustrating and they're not going to like that. And you have to have a lot of EQ, right? I think for some reason people lack that. I don't know why. I feel like I have a good amount of it um, or hopefully I do. But that emotional intelligence, that empathy for the seller Right. Like if you've come from your professional MBA background, like nobody cares about that <laughs> uh, from the seller standpoint. Right. They, they like they're also not going to sell to you if you intimidate them. So, you know, again, you ha they have something that you want and you have to respect that and you have to be re respectful and provide that type of clean transition and that transparent transaction information. So, um, you know. Searchers are very good for search, uh, are very good buyers because, you know, they, if you give them the I want to be you type of buyer, right? You want to be flattering to the small business owner. You want them to be your mentor. Um, that ends up being very helpful because they, you know, the sellers, especially if they're older, if they're looking to retire, um, if they're looking to sell it, that probably means someone within their own internal family doesn't want to run it, right? Because everyone just has this passive desire to, you know, have a successor. But if they're going to sell the company, it might just be because nobody wants to run it internally and they just want to take the payday, right? So sourcing a transaction amongst a wealth of competition in the market is very difficult. But 
These kind of mindset tricks and psychology thoughts will hopefully help you understand that which sellers to talk to and also how to approach them in your approach. So hopefully that helps. As always, if you guys do have any questions on selling a business, buying a business, feel free to reach out. Our email is in the show notes below. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Take care.